This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the Hill Country Authors Podcast. Not only is the Texas Hill Country the most beautiful place in Texas, but it also has some of the best writers in Texas. On this podcast series, I'm going to explore writers in literally all genres of writing, both fiction and nonfiction. I hope you'll join me in this journey. Hey, children's book author Marilyn Sismich and Sonia the Cat. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Marilyn Sismich. As most of my audience knows, I am a first time children's book author as of December 2022. Well, Marilyn is a multi children's book author. So recently I saw some information about her and I thought this would be great to have another children's author on the podcast. Marilyn, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Sure. What was your professional background or what is your professional background? I didn't start college till I was in my 40s. I was an artist and a muralist and a lot of things in California. I was married before. I was born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area. And my background, I'm a Croatian, 100%. And my family, immigrant family, 100%. My grandparents, they all came from Croatia, different parts, but still. And that's where I was raised, was in California. And I married my high school sweetheart at that time. And I had three children. And that was my job. I wanted to stay home with my children. And I did. And it took a long while. We didn't, as California was turning way back in the 70s, it was a place, my two oldest children are girls, and they were involved in a robbery, believe it or not, and that did it. We said, we cannot live in California in this city. We were living in Richmond, El Cerrito at the time, and we moved up to Santa Rosa. It was beautiful. My husband had his own decorating shop. He was a decorator, and so I would home decorator. And so I would paint and do murals in people's homes sometimes or businesses, but we still really weren't satisfied. We had a pretty good community. We went to church, but I decided Don, his name is Don. Don, do you want to see the United States and see if we want to move somewhere else? And he said, sure. So we sold everything and we had lots of things, <laughs> the business, the homes. The, we put a lot in storage and we bought an Airstream and a brand new pickup truck and took our three children. This was in 1975. And we took off with no plans except to see as much as we could of the United States, as well as Canada, a little bit of Canada and Mexico. And we uh, did that. It was 10 months doing that. And then we were in El Paso. We had just been to Mexico and I was sitting at a picnic table and a newspaper came and hit my face, just as flying with the wind, nothing hard, just one newspaper. And I looked at it and I said, huh, hey, Don, you want to go to Kerrville, wherever that is, and see a music festival, Rod Kennedy's music festival? Sure, let's go. He was a musician also, an artist. And so that's how we got to Kerrville. We did drive with our three kids. And it happened to be one of the floods. We didn't know what a flood was in the hill country. And we got stuck for five days in the mud out there at Rod Kennedy's. And we met lots of Texans. We didn't even, we weren't even going to come to Texas. That El Paso was our turning point. We decided we were going to go north. But that's how it worked to get to Kerrville. And we really 
got to know Texans because the people didn't come to the festival. All the roads were closed and things. So we kept on our trip. And when we got as far north as possible, way past Nova Scotia, up in Newfoundland, we said, this, we've got to get some decisions. Okay, everybody vote. We went down to Portland, Maine. We sat in a library, all five of us. What do you like the best? What do you like? We all wanted to go back to Texas. And I think it was because we unemployment was wonderful and it was opportunities and it was a small town and we thought the people were so nice. So getting back down here and that's how we got to Kerrville, Texas. And so I started, I worked for Herring Printing for a while as a typesetter. I didn't have any education. My, I have from a family of six kids and only my oldest sister had gone to college. And so I thought, I was, I got a newspaper out, throwing a newspaper in the middle of the night. And you rolled your papers with each other under the, right across from the library, there's a place under there where we would go and roll our papers at one in the morning. One night, I was looking up the Sid Peterson Hospital and I said to Mr. Goody, he was my partner there, he rolled at the same time. And I said, Mr. Goody, I think it was winter. I think it's, uh, pretty dumb we're out here in the cold why am I not working somewhere like over in that hospital there and he said well you can work in the hospital you could do anything you want you're young I was in my 40s and I said he was an old man and crippled he had been in the railroad yards and been crippled by hit by a train at even on his job saving a man that's another story so I said yeah I guess I could so I found out how you go to college and I went to Shriner I didn't know that I was going to go into nursing, but I talked to people about what could I be? I always wanted to be something. What could I be that I would be able to do when I'm old and I'd make a lot of money and that I would help people? And coming back to nursing. So graduated from Shriner along with my second daughter who graduated from Shriner. She went to Baylor and then I went to UT Health Science Center and got a bachelor's degree. So while I was, I thought I wanted to be, I didn't, wasn't sure. As soon as I took my clinical in school of nursing, I knew I wanted to be a school nurse because kids were my interest. I knew a lot about kids and I liked kids better than adults. I just liked relating to kids. And so I finished that and I got a job in Centerpoint. That was my first job as a school nurse. And then opening came along for Ingram High School. So I applied for that and got it. There were 17 people that applied and I got it. And so I was there for about three years and I said, I learned what school nursing was and parents and families. And I said, I think I need a master's degree in something specific like child abuse. And thought about starting that master's program. And I went over to San Antonio back and I did. And then I found out there was a professor that was up in Alaska that she was pretty famous for child abuse and domestic abuse. And I said, to, by this time, I was not married. And so I says, you guys want friends? You guys want to go on a trip to Alaska? I want to go see if I can meet this professor it was summertime. And uh, see if it's where I want to go to get a master's degree. So we all did go rented a van. And my sister was already up there living in the village as a reading specialist, my big sister. And I learned about Alaska and she met us. And six of us went and we saw it. I did meet the professor and I said, that's it. I'm going to go move to Alaska, come this semester and get a master's degree in psychosocial nursing. 
and a specialty. I didn't know that you had to write a thesis. And I didn't even know how to run a computer, let alone write a thesis. I had hardly, when I went to Schreiner, I didn't even know how to take a test and how to study. Nobody had done that in my family, even aunts, uncles, nobody had gone. I had to learn a lot of things at one time. So I did move up that fall and started my program and it took three years and it was in the eighties. And so computers were really new and there was only one program and it crashed three times. But I had a friend that helped me learn how to use the computer. You didn't even have a computer at home, by the way, you had to go to the university and work at the laboratory in case anything happened, you had assistance. So let's see, where were we? Okay, we were getting a master's degree, which I did get a master's degree. So then I- Wait a minute, what got, did you write your thesis on? Okay, yes, and she was my chair, the woman I'm telling you about. I wrote my thesis on, and it's still available, of course. I'm trying to think. It's for boys, nine to 12, the potential for domestic abuse and violence in boys, nine to 12. It was very specific and all the factors and it's this thick. And so yeah, that was very difficult, but I knew that child abuse was my interest. So I did that and got a job with big pay raise. They were at that time changing all the school nurses to have master's degree if possible. And I started in a junior high, but then I ended up, I worked up there in Alaska 16 years as a school nurse. And I ended up in an elementary school with 500 students. Then you want, might want to know how I got into writing. The last day of school, we were, always had a get-together, not an alcoholic party, but a get-together. School was over, and we all got together to what are you going to do this summer? So I lived only half a mile from the school where I was. And so I went home for lunch and came back and said I was in the parking lot. And three of the teacher aides were out there getting all the, they had the cider and food and stuff. And what had happened, the box cake broke and they were picking up the glass. And I said, oh, I'm going back into the school. I said, I'll take all that mess. You guys go ahead and fix the food where you were going. So I picked up the box with two hands that had all the broken glass in it. And I opened the front door to school, the same door went in all the time. And I ended up on the floor, the box, was underneath me, both of my hands were under the box and I was out and I did scream for help. Our school was used as an after-school program. And so that last day of school, they were moving all the furniture out of their area and somebody had pushed the rubber winter rug up so that when I opened the front door, my toes caught under that rubber rug and I went straight over with the box. On top, I was on top of the box and it crushed both of my thumbs and it required six different surgeries, a year off at school. They had to do one hand at a time and they took the doctor, a tendon out of my forearm there and you made a loop and drilled a hole and so I could function with both of my thumbs. But I had very strong doubts if I'd be able to do nursing, like I knew I couldn't even do an IV bag or anything like that. So as I was getting well there, and it was a huge problem because it was a workman's comp case and all that went on years. So another story. So I said, as I was sitting home getting well, what can I do that I would be good at? I could write 
children's books. So I investigated and remember way back, like 40 years, there was a company that used to say, can you draw me? And then you'd say anything. Okay, this did it for writing. That same institute, it's called Children's Writers Institute out in Connecticut. And so I said, okay, I can't type yet at all. So I had to learn how to do a voice act if I did typing program so I could do the course. So I started children's learning how to write for children with that institute and I completed their complete course. And while I was a school nurse there, I, I knew that I still wasn't satisfied. I wanted to do more. And so I found out that you could apply for a sabbatical. And I, uh, well, first of all, I have to go back one little paragraph. At the time, there was this church down at the bottom of our street. We lived on a dead-end street. And we went there one Sunday because my daughter was visiting. She wanted to know what church we went to. I said, there's one down at the bottom here, plays songs that I know that they used to play in the church when we went to Santa Rosa. So sure enough, we went down there. And there were visiting missionaries who had just come back from the Ukraine. And they asked if anybody was interested in going next summer to the Ukraine and handing out invitations. They were having the second, this was in the eighties, so that they were having the second evangelistic crusade, which they called Jubilees in the Ukraine. And they wanted people to hand out invitations. You had a trans translator. So I knew that's what I wanted to do. So long story short, I went to the Ukraine with six strangers that I didn't even know, didn't even go to that church. But I knew that's what I wanted to do next. And it was life-changing for me. That week in the Ukraine was a changing life. I saw a whole new aspect of life, people, the world, yeah, all of that week. And then the second week, I didn't even have a passport. I had to get a passport first. I'd never been anywhere other than our long trip. The second week, I was by myself, and I went all over trains in Europe, Austria, Germany, before I came home. I was pretty stuck on traveling. And I said, I found out that when I went back to work in the U Alaska, that they had a sabbatical program that you could apply for a year. And that's what I did. And I was the first nurse ever to get a sabbatical approved for a year paid in the Ukraine. And I had made connections still with the people that I lived with. Each day you went and lived at a different house. So you got a different Excuse me. I had one house, but a different high college kid. They were college kids that were learning English that were going to be teachers. So I had a different, it's not a transcriber, you know, the person that's with you walking around that speaks. Translator. Translator. Yes. Thank you. So I got to know a lot of college students. And so I it had all that connection. So I went on my own. For, I got the sabbatical, went on my own. My husband would come every so many months or I'd, I wouldn't leave. I'd come back, of course, in the summer. So that changed my life. So I had a lot of experiences just with all of Ukraine. It was just so wonderful. I, people related to my background as the Yugoslavian people, it's Slavic. And so I, under, I understood just everything. I didn't need to know the language. I just, I felt like these were my relatives. And so made a lot of connections. That's how I still was doing children's writing courses. And when I came home after that year, I decided I wouldn't always be a school nurse. And my husband was working for the school district also as a teacher of first aid for all 2000 teachers and this staff. 
that was his job. So we had the same schedule. So I knew that there were so many unique things that happened in Ukraine that I could make some great children's books. I figured that yet still have value, the value of the books. So I started out, what was most, one of the, this is my first book. It's called Sonia the Church Cat. And all of my stories, I have three books that I've written already. I have a fourth one, but I don't have a publisher anymore. They went out of business. They were in Oklahoma. But anyway, the first book I used from experience, I had a friend called Angelica, and she had become a new Christian. I went to an evangelical church there. Of course, it was all Russian or Ukrainian, but doesn't matter. So I would go in the morning on Sunday to her apartment, pick her up with her daughter, who was seven, and we'd go to church. So one morning I came and I said, okay, ready to go. And she said, yeah, go get Sonia. Sonia was their cat. So she went out on the balcony and got Sonia and she stuffed her in her purse. And I said, why are we taking the cat to church? And she said, because in very like this, she said, we're new Christians now and everybody has to do their job and give to God. And Sonia's going to go to church and kill all the rats and mice. And I'm going to leave her there. And so sure enough, we did have rats and mice. The church was an old theater. All the evangelical churches there, there were about three in that. I went to Harrison, by the way, which is on the news a lot. K-H-E-R-S-O-N. It's on the south end of the Dnieper River. We took Sonia to church. And she left her there for a week. And the people would bring their cats to church to kill all the rats and mice. And so I use that as my first story to take off to show the values of giving without money and let's see i and sharing and family and how resourceful the people were in everything they did everything and the second book i wrote sonia's in all the books series of sonia the cat the second one was how cora was the cow this is little olina the girl so the my blue blanket with the patch on it is always in the books, too. That's my carryover. And Sonia was not a pretty cat. Like I, I made Sonia black, but like my cat, which is Nancy at home. And in, in actually she was, yeah, in Alaska. So the cow book, which is the second one, I wanted people to know about the natural medicine that they use. The cow's horn, horn breaks and they put the plant in. So I got a little bit of, but I wanted the culture to be in it in a fun way for kids to learn about Ukraine, as well as the cat and the people, how wonderful they were, okay, and how resilient they were. So those are the kinds of values that I've used Christian values in all four of my books so far. So I bet you have a question. I stopped to breathe. So how or when did you get back to Kerrville? Okay, so actually my hands, I was able to go back to work and I stayed for a couple of years, but I wasn't satisfied. But Snyder was ready to husband leave and because we have a ranch here, we'd never gotten rid of our property here or anything in Texas. We just would come back a lot and spend time. So in 2004, we bought a brand new Volkswagen. We're the only one with that red Volkswagen in Kerrville. And we brought our cat and a few not a few things, a lot of things that we couldn't let go of in the van and took, I think it was like a month to come back and stop the kids' places on the way. And so we came back in 2004 and I worked at the hospital a while and such. 
is that I really didn't want being retired at all. I guess I'm used to it now. And so I started, you want to know how I wrote the animal book, which I have, which is completely yes. different. This book, I was taking an advanced course in that same institute, Connecticut, and I had no idea. I paid for the course before I even found out that the course, the whole thing of the course was you had to write a chapter book for children and go through the process of getting a publisher and all that. So figured, what do I know? And I knew my husband had raised and rescued animals his whole life. And so I figured we'd write a book on the animals, all his different animals. I had my source right in the house. And so that was what I used to write was his experience. They're all true. All the stories in here are true. Very funny. A lot of them adventurous. His friend, he did most of these things or with his friend. So that's how I ended up writing the animal book and a chapter book. I spent a year trying to get a publisher and I did have the UT Tech always interested. They're small press, but they never did anything. So I said, okay, we have to be getting older by the day here. I better do something. So I found out about writing my own book on Amazon. And that's how I ended up doing the animal book. It was myself, which self-published. I can't hear you. So tell me about when you guys first went to the folk festival. It must have been 75 or 76. It was 75. That was one of the first ones. So what was that like back then? I think it was the fourth one. It was very much in the beginning of his right. career. What happened was we got in on the first day. And so that was before the actual flood kings. Only the people that could come make it that first day, there were only like, instead of hundreds or thousands of people, there were like maybe less than a hundred, all the vendors, musicians, but they played, all the musicians played for just the few of us, because they had, if you're an artist, you're going to do what you do best. And we spent every day, the kids would, would go with, our three kids were, because we'd live, I have to go backwards. When we came next year in 76 to live here, the two the youngest one, my son, and my second daughter, they went to Notre Dame to start with. And Lisa, my oldest, went to Tyvee as a ninth grader. And when we took them out of school for the year, I had smart kids, still do. They all three have college degrees and have a profession. I saw the value of that kind of late in life, but it doesn't matter. I still have a lot of life left. By the way, if somebody might want to know, I'm 86 and going on 87 in a couple months. And what I'm going to do this spring is I'm going to Croatia for the first time in my life. I know we still have relatives. This is a sad story, but how my father got here was the Nazis came through his village in Croatia when he was out with the goats with his brother. They lived in a rocky village and they killed all of his family, all of them dead in the house. And he came back with his brother. And so within months, he was a teenager, older teenager. Within months, he and his another cousin was stowed away on a ship to America and came. That's how he came to America. And I looked at the manifests when I lived in Alaska, and he's not on the manifest, but he went through Ellis Island became a citizen, went all the way to, because he lived on the water and knew fishing and all that and animals, he went to San Francisco. He heard that was the place to go. So that's how he made a connection with my mother, who was also Croatian. So anyway, that's a sidestep, but I'm going to go there. Not that I have any relatives I don't even know about, but 
I want to see that country before I die. I want to see where I came from because I had such a connection with Ukraine that I knew there, I know there has to be something like right. that. I will just say you are not the oldest author I have interviewed for this podcast. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, Marilyn, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you to purchase some of your books, what would be the best way for them to do? Yes. This book that I put on Amazon, the animal book, which is 15 chapters, it could, I've had six-year-olds could read this. It's a fifth grade level, but so that's about the animals, 15 chapters. And unfortunately, the three picture books, these are picture books, by the way, 32 pages, pictures, and text. These about the Ukraine, I would want you to send me an email and I'll make connection with you. They're all, if you buy the book on Amazon, this one, it's $2 more than if than when I'm in person with someone. These are $10 each of the okay. your books. Okay. Give me my email address. Write me and we'll make a connection. I'm going to put your email in the show notes, Marilyn. I wanted to okay. thank you again for taking the time to visit with me. I've really enjoyed it a lot. I forgot about how fun all the things I've done. Yeah. And interesting. And I appreciate your time. This is Tom Fox again. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Hill Country Authors Podcast. If you have a book or are an author and like to come on my podcast, please let me know. You can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. The Hill Country Authors Podcast is available on the Texas Hill Country Podcast Network. And we're all great. Podcasts are played.